Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, many people, if they listen back to their recorded voices, can recognise themselves, but not like what they hear, as if this is their first discovery of what they actually sound like. So why is that? Dr. Silke Paulman is a psychologist at the University of Essex. Silke, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you? Uh, when we, uh, so when we hear ourselves talk in the normal course of events, are we particularly aware of what we sound like? Uh, no, not really. I think we um, we process that subconsciously. It's something that just happens. Like we might hear that someone's um, closing a door. It's not something that you pay particular attention to. So, uh, so I suppose there's a shock then when you have to kind of listen back to yourself in a formal sense in, in that you've been recorded. I think it's a shock in the sense that you don't sound the way that you thought you were going to sound. So one of the the issues is that when we hear ourselves um, through the the usual route, it means that we hear ourselves um, in a different way because it's either through air conduction when you hear someone else talk or when you hear yourself talk, you hear um, your voice through air conduction and, and bone conduction. And the difference there is that um, you may sound um, higher pitched than than you perceive yourself as if you didn't hear yourself on a recording. So the shock is kind of like, oh, I sound different to what I thought I was going to sound like, if mm. that makes sense. But if we, we if, if we haven't been paying attention to how we sound, just kind of taking it for granted, then we kind of maybe are listen, when we listen to a recording of ourselves, we assume we know what we sound like, not like a phone, for instance. Uh, and But then we, it, it's, a, it's a surprise when we discover what it is. Yes, exactly. It's a bit of what you expected, what you usually perceive in a subconscious way. And then when you're paying attention, uh, the voice attributes that you usually don't hear may be more prominent. Um, and, and, and there may be things in there that you don't like. Yeah. So, is, uh, is then our our voice tied up with with our sense of identity? Oh, definitely. Yes. And I think most of us wouldn't necessarily know how much it is tied up. So, uh, one of the things um, is that some people have said that the voice conveys far more about you than than any other channel um, that we have at our disposal. So. Uh, you can hear someone's age through their voice. You can hear someone's gender. You can hear their sexual orientation. There have been studies that suggest that you can hear whether someone's uh, high status or low status. So lots of things um, that you convey. But crucially, you also convey your um, your emotions. So are you happy or are you sad? Uh, you do this in a very subtle way, very often, again, not consciously aware. So um, when you when you have recordings from people who, who are depressed, for instance, they tend to sound more uh, monotone and and vary their voice less compared to people um, who are not depressed. And those types of signals are um, are conveyed to others uh, and so therefore also form part of of our identity. Um, and uh, and some people pay a lot of uh, money to to change those attributes, right? Because they want to be perceived in a different way. So we would be also be making judgments about other people's voices. Maybe. Oh, we always do. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't mean to interrupt. Yes. No, we <laughs> always do. So uh, all voice attributes are um, are processed instantaneously within two hundred milliseconds. 
we have um, our brain receives information as to what kind of um, voice someone else has. You form very general impressions. Is this a nice person? Are they happy? Are they sad? Are they trying to um, pressure me to do something? Lots of um, scanning for vocal attributes. Um, and, and so therefore, we also form first impressions on someone's voice uh, based on these uh, acoustic cues. So, and, and they have done uh, studies on this. In, yes. In terms of how attractive they find people. Uh, yes, indeed. And, um, you know, there are uh, differences as to uh, what people like to listen to or don't like to listen to. But in terms of mating, for instance, uh, low pitched male voices have been rated as sounding particularly attractive. Um, uh, uh, female voices that sound um, a bit um, uh, th- they have an irregularity to itself. Um, so that um, they're not as smooth, for instance. Uh, those have been rated as, as very attractive. Uh, and then there are um, other studies that just suggest that we um, prefer to listen to um, uh, voices that are similar to our own. Those types of studies are, are definitely out there, yes. So is it like there are templates in our minds that we're not even aware of as to what makes... An, an attractive voice or an intelligent voice or, or, or you know, the, those kind of attributes we expect to find in a voice. That's interesting. Um, for emotions, we know that these templates seem to exist um, and they're fairly universal um, and and apply across cultures. For um for, for things that you've just mentioned, it's not always clear whether we have fully formed templates or whether we just have uh, individual characteristics that we link to, to someone. So it's not that you know exactly I want someone to be high-pitched and, um, uh, let's say, a slow talker in order for me to think that they're intelligent. But we do associate voice attributes um, both in isolation and in combination with specific traits. And so... Based on our experience, uh, we will form impressions and um, and we will uh, potentially think that someone who has a specific voice pattern is more intelligent than someone else. Ah, right. OK. And for, for people who say if you've learned a second language, um, because I suppose if you're speaking to somebody and English isn't their first language, in, in, in most cases, you're kind of aware that English isn't their first language. But you can't really pro- probably infer as much from their voice as perhaps you could if you were listening to them in their first language. No, I think you form the same impressions. The real difference is that a lot of people, when they talk in their second language, do not necessarily uh, display the same voice attributes. So um, there have been studies that suggest that when you speak in your second language, you may use a different register. Um, and I always use myself as an example. So I speak far more higher pitched in English than uh, than in German. Part of that is because of the way that the languages are made up um, and that um, uh, second language learners will have to learn to um, to to pronounce, let's say, vowels or consonants that may not exist in their own language. And so therefore, there are kind of these uh, physical constraints that impact on how your voice is shaped. Oh. But um, but I, I guess the, the crucial point is that it's not necessarily the case that people perceive you in a different way because you're speaking your second language. It's more that you may actually sound slightly different than when you're speaking your first language. 
and going back to, I suppose, the point where we started at, is it how, or is, has anyone kind of studied how common it is that people have this kind of somewhat sh- a, a, a shocked reaction when they hear themselves recorded? Yes, there are plenty of those studies. But funnily enough, there's one that I always like because it basically shows that while people cringe, you know, under normal circumstances, everyone's going to, when you are aware that you're listening to your own voice, the majority of us have that kind of feeling and we will report this in studies like, oh, no, please stop the recording. I don't want to listen to myself. But when you're not aware that you're listening to your own voice, so if um, uh, experimenters present you with a stream of voices and um and you're not aware that your own voice is amongst them so to say you so you know you're not um you're not told this is your voice then you actually rate that voice as um sounding more attractive uh than other voices and that's a cool effect because it, it it basically shows it's not that you don't like your own voice you may just not like it when when you're presented with it because you you sound different to what you thought um, you would sound like. That's so interesting. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. That was Dr. Silke Paulman there, a psychologist at the University of Essex. Uh, One texter says, I can't listen to my younger brother because his voice sounds exactly like mine. It actually affects our relationship. I that's weird uh, please ask your guests if we can't hear our own voices how do impressionists take off other people's voices if they can't hear their own voice properly well they can't yeah I don't know I, sp- I suppose that there's kind of a tone a slight tonal thing that you, you, you might you might if in recorded uh, situation it might sound a bit more high pitched but it's still you'll still know it's your own voice so you know they have to I suppose get it uh, into the ballpark uh, please ask our guest if we can't hear our own voice oh no I read that one already uh, does your guest think that we'll hate our voices less because we've gotten used to hearing it on WhatsApp voice notes because let's be honest we've all listened back to our voice notes mm. we have that person's number now because we all know that's not true Moncrief, weekdays at 2 pm with Anna Glaze on News Talk.